G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, with the debate going on right now and a heated, fiery debate uh, where some are being offended on both sides, the yes and the no campaigns in the move towards this marriage plebiscite, Uh, this postal plebiscite survey, which is coming up very shortly, uh, should the High Court allow that to proceed. It's an interesting thing to focus on today that sometimes we look to statements to be able to form an idea about what the church or what the Bible might teach about these issues, including this issue of marriage. Here in Australia, we've had a number of special statements that have dealt with freedom issues and sexuality issues, and I can think of the Canberra Declaration. But these things are not new around the world, and there are some, perhaps in the United States and in the UK, who may be ahead of where we are because they're already where the rubber hits the road. Things are already biting, given that they have had same-sex marriage for some time. There's a new statement called the Nashville Statement. And Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been writing about it. Welcome back to 2020, Bill Muhlenberg. Many thanks. Great to be back. Bill, in the US they've had same-sex marriage for some time now and they are into the nitty-gritty of what happens with all of the gender ideologies that are accompanying the idea of same-sex marriage. How significant is this statement, this Nashville Statement? Well, as you say, it's uh, quite important. These and other statements meant to kind of clarify what we believe, reaffirm, restate, uh, and re-emphasize some basic truths uh, when the whole world seems to be getting very cloudy and confused over these things, and sadly, uh, many even in the church getting quite uh, in the dark about where we should be standing. So it's good to reaffirm in this way, a very public statement, an international statement, and get, uh, once again, a a short, succinct uh, statement saying this is what we, as followers of Jesus Christ, well, in this case, believe about marriage and sex, sex and sexuality, God's intentions for human sexuality. So it's a very uh, crucial statement, just brand new, just been released hours ago and uh, has some pretty heavy-duty people who've already signed up for it. Uh, Bill, we know that here in Australia, the yes side of the campaign is trying to deny uh, that there even are developments internationally. And when we talk about the United States or the UK or Canada, uh, clearly there are so many news stories that show this is something to be very, very cautious about. This statement, an international statement, uh, the design of it is to set in place uh, what is and what ought not to be thought about when it comes to issues to do with same-sex marriage and also this uh, gender 
theory that tends to follow same-sex marriage. There's 14 articles in this statement. We might not have time to get through all of them, but as you've gone through the articles, what are the main ones to draw attention to? Yes, we could easily simply just read the pieces and then, uh, you know, that would be a very successful 10 minutes. Uh, Look, I think they're all very vital. Let me just read the the first uh, very short article to give you a flavor of what the whole thing says. Uh, Each one has an affirmation and a denial. So number one says, we affirm that God has designed marriage to be a covenantal, sexual, procreative, lifelong union of one man and one woman as husband and wife and is meant to signify the covenant love between Christ and his bride, the church. We deny that God has designed marriage to be a homosexual, polygamous, or polyamorous relationship. We also deny that marriage is a mere human contract rather than a covenant made before God. So uh, a little bit unlike, say, our Canberra Declaration, which I had a hand in putting together, which we really did deliberately design to be, well, read and appreciated even by non-Christians, so it's kind of more generic, it doesn't really use uh, the biblical language, because here we were looking for universal truths that even a non-Christian could affirm on marriage and life and so on. This declaration, as you've already just heard, is really uh, especially designed for other Christians. It's to say, look, uh, followers of Christ, uh, there's a lot of confusion out there. There's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of, uh, well, scripture twisting and all the rest. So to stand up strongly and uh, unashamedly to reaffirm God's intentions for human sexuality, God's purposes for marriage, and to warn against the clear uh, counterfeits and the clear denigration of God's word on these matters, that is so important. So uh, I found it just moments ago. I've written it up. I've shared the entire 14 points, and I hope this goes far and wide, and I hope everybody listening has a look, has a read, and signs up themselves. And interestingly, Bill, the form of the declaration, as you say, there is affirmation and then there's denial. And to be able to approach each of those points uh, from an affirmation and denial perspective gives a a more full way of discussing that. And each one of those 14 points has this affirmation and denial. Yeah, and that is so important for so many reasons. We live, of course, as you know, in an age of relativism, an age of 99 shades of gray and no black and white. So nobody wants to say something is true and false, right and wrong. And very sadly, so much of that thinking has crept into the churches. We've got plenty of Christians today saying the same thing. Oh, you can't be harsh, you can't be dogmatic, you can't be so certain about these things. We have to just kind of agree to disagree, and, you know, they've really caved in, but... uh, Uh, The Christian faith itself involves affirmations and denials. We affirm one God and three persons. We deny that, uh, you know, God is uh, three gods, for example. Uh, Heresy is uh, very carefully dealt with in Christian affirmations and Christian denials. A lot of the early church creeds did just that as we tried to nail down what do Christians believe? So we affirm this and that. 
we deny this and that, and it's the same here. So I think it's a very clever way of making the biblical case for sex and sexuality in God's design for marriage. So, Bill, let's go through some more of the articles. Uh, Any other favorites in that 14 that you Mm. want to draw attention to? Well, of course, this is not just uh, kind of a head-on rebuttal to the whole uh, homosexual movement, but uh, now, especially just in the last few years, the whole transgender uh, movement. So it, it, it really deals with the issue of gender and of the fact that God made only two uh, genders, not a whole host, they're not a social construct, and so on. So, uh, look, there's a number of uh, articles on that. Um, uh, let me just look at one, for example. Article 5, we affirm that the differences between male and female reproductive structures are integral to God's design for self-conception as male or female. We deny that physical anomalies or psychological conditions nullify the God-appointed link between biological sex and self-conception as male or female. So that and a few other points certainly target head-on this whole gender confusion thing that we're just, we've got a tidal wave of that uh, sweeping over us, and sadly, again, a lot of Christians getting quite confused about this as well. So very good and very timely indeed uh, that they cover some of these key issues as well. I'm looking at Article 8, and it's about uh, this orientation that people can have and uh, to suggest that having a homosexual orientation is not necessarily the sin. Mm. How do you see that uh, in Article 8? You might like to uh, unpack a little bit of that for us. Well, it's worth reading, if I may. We affirm that people who experience sexual attraction for the same sex may live a rich and fruitful life, pleasing to God through faith in Jesus Christ as they, like all Christians, walk in purity of life. But the next point is equally important. We deny that sexual attraction for the same sex is part of the natural goodness of God's original creation, or that it puts a person outside the hope of the gospel. So I think it's getting the the right mix here. This is not part of God's original intention. He created us to be male and female and to be attracted Uh, sexually to those of the opposite sex. But of course, because of the fall, everything has been disordered and kind of turned upside down. So now we have all kinds of anomalies. So simply looking at the world as it now is, no Christian should accept it for, you know, oh, we just accept it as is. No, we live in a fallen world. We're now born with an orientation away from God and towards sin, and that manifests itself in all kinds of ways, including uh, disordered sexual attraction. So that is the biblical position. We can love and affirm such people. They can become good uh, followers of Christ. We'll ask them certainly to stay celibate and reaffirm uh, the biblical position. And for those who've been in that place, some find uh, really strong and thorough healing. Even the attractions disappear after a while. Others, it's a bit more of a struggle. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking further from what the statement says, but uh, I think they set the tone in the right uh, beginning place to have this kind of discussion.
Article 12 is an interesting one, Bill, which deals with the grace of God in yep. Christ yep. when it comes to dealing with these issues. Uh, give us a, an, an impression about what your thoughts are on Article 12. Yeah, it's another good one, talking about how God in Christ is able to transform people, uh, which is, you know, basic to the gospel, and uh, the denial that the grace of God in Christ is insufficient to forgive sexual sins or to transform a person. So, uh, again, stating uh, what the basics of the gospel are. Christ came to set people free. So if you're trapped in wrong and harmful uh, sexual practices and desires, well, Christ came to deal with that. If you, you know seem almost from day one to have a problem with anger or overeating or a million other things, it's the same story. God is in the business of setting the captives free. Uh, The gospel is not insufficient to both forgive and to transform the lives of those who come to Christ. So I think that gives a a good bit of hope. It's not just, you know, we're against you world for your homosexual push and all the rest. It offers the right biblical balance. Yes, sin is sin. It has to be called out. But the grace of God is wonderful. If we are willing to turn from our sin, let God work in our lives, well, there's wonderful hope indeed. Well, it is a new international statement. It's called the Nashville Statement. And, uh, Bill, uh, just quickly, it's endorsed by some of the biggest names uh, that you can possibly think of when it comes to global reach, when it comes to pastoral leadership and ministry. Uh, Run through a few of those names for us. Uh, Look, a lot of these names would be familiar, certainly to any evangelical Christian, both here and overseas. You have heavyweights like Al Mohler, D.A. Carson, John MacArthur, John Piper, James Dobson, J.I. Packer, R.C. Sproul. I mean, those six or seven names alone, those are some of the biggest and the best, some of my favorites, and they've all fully affirmed and signed on to this statement. So it's very good indeed, and it's not just evangelical Christians who should appreciate this, but those of other Christian uh, paths as well, I think we'll find very much uh, in this document that they too can run with. Well, there are 14 articles in the statement. It's called the Nashville Statement. You could Google Nashville Statement and you'll get a hold of it. Or you can go on online and check out what Bill Muhlenberg has introduced in talking about the Nashville Statement. Simply go to BillMuhlenberg.com or you can Google Culture Watch and you'll be able to find one of his latest articles, one entitled The Nashville Statement. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for your thoughts again today on 2020. Always great to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au